Hey everybody, it's your girl Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expat in Panama by way of little old Glassboro, New Jersey. You know it right here on BlacksitRadio.com. Listen, you know what? I don't have time to sit and chit and chit chat and smile. And y'all know when I don't have time to sit and chit chat and smile, that's because I have a dope guest for us today. And as a matter of fact, our conversation was just so live and on point that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give you a spoiler alert. You're not gonna get all of it today. It's gonna have to be a part one and a part two. Listen, it has been so hard for our schedules to connect and for us to get together. Um, Shar did an interview with me, like I think back in the beginning of December. And um, she was on her way. She was on travel, and she was um, she was in some kind of a a, a training or something, making herself better um, internationally. But um, at that time, and so we have finally gotten a chance to get together again for me to interview her. Now, Sherilyn Winter, um, more affectionately known as Sean is the creator of the only Black Expat app out there. Do you hear the words that is coming out of my mouth? She is the James Brown baby of Black Expat apps out there. And it's X, the little X-P-A-T. Star um, is an expat in Portugal, and she loves it. And um, I'm going to let her tell you all about herself. Um, you are going to absolutely love this conversation. And without further ado, you know the deal. I'm finna hook you up, get it all together here. So I'm going to get her on the line. And um, thank you so much for listening to Black Tip Radio and for supporting Black expats in Panama. So this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black expats in Panama. Give me one second. When I come back, we're going to have my conversation with Char Winter. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama. And I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our BEAT community platform, or BCP. That can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says, join the community. There you will find businesses, groups. As members, you'll be um, privy to events, you can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well, and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. And here we are, Char Winter. How are you doing? Doing great, doing good. 
I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have you on the show. You just don't know because you know, and I, I'm gonna talk about an interfacial because I, I've really been wanting Cheryl on the show for like the last year. <laughs> no, I know we've been trying to work through schedules I and everything, know. and then we were able to get you on expat chats. That was an excellent chat. So I'm I'm it glad we had it. That was yeah. a really good chat. And and when I tell you. When I tell you that when we finally got together and got to talk, I'm like, Dad, I love that sister. I just love yeah. her. I love you so much. Yeah. It's like, sure, it's like you're, you know, a lot of people do things for a lot of different reasons. And I think that sometimes when you're doing things, your reasons might change over time, you know, depending on how things are going. But one thing that I can say about you and what I feel about you is that you're so genuine. And I know that, you know, we're going to talk about the expat chat um, in the expat app uh, in a little bit, but I really feel like you are a person who is sincere. You are sincere. Exactly. You know how <laughs> is that I'm serious. And, and it means a lot. And I mm -hmm. just want to say this before I let you introduce yourself, that during this process, so we are both on social media, you know, um, and I mean, everybody is on social media. If you want to, you want to really get out there. I don't care if you like social media. Yeah, it's like, it's you necessary. Need social media. <laughs> yeah. You need to pull with, okay? Yeah. But I'll tell you something. The one thing that social media has, I think, taught a lot of people is that you can pretend to be anything you want to be. Yeah. Okay. And I think that social media has also taught us to kind of look a little deeper for cues. And I think mm -hmm. that one of the things that is most attractive about people who are on social media as influencers, you know, such as such as yourself, is when people can recognize that um that authenticity. Yeah. And that is just something that if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. Yeah. And it's, and that's the thing too. Like I'm doing something I love and I'm passionate about. So yeah. it's much easier to do this than what I was doing before in corporate America, to be honest. Yeah. So this, this is, this feels good. It feels purposeful and it feels like it's leaving some type of legacy. Um, and because of that, I'm like, I'm, it's, it's easy. Like, and when I say easy, I'm talking like, it's easy to do this work um, there's hard parts, obviously, but I, I feel like I'm finally walking in my purpose and doing something that I was put on yeah. the earth to do, you know, <laughs> it's not easy, but if you are up at two and three o'clock in the morning doing it, you have the mm -hmm. energy to do it. It's like 11 o'clock PM right now. And I'm like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're five hours ahead of, uh, Panama, uh, East coast time too. Yeah. Oh, I forgot because you know, me and Shara, we've been talking like, maybe we've been talking <laughs> No, it's always good catching up. I mean, um, you know something, but it's it's a good thing. And I, what I love about this journey is the amazing people that I get to meet. And so what yeah. I really want to ask you about right now is just, just to ask you to tell us about yourself, you know, where mm -hmm. you're from and how you ended up in this place of uh, being an expat in Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, Char Winter. I'm originally from Detroit. Um, my family is from Jamaica. 
So that also played a really big role in my desire to live abroad because at a young age, I had the opportunity to get exposure to life abroad. You know, when we took those visits back to my mom's, um, where my mom's from in the country in Jamaica and the country in Jamaica is much different than Kingston in the city. So very unique experience, but um, it was really enlightening. And that also ignited like my love for travel. So I'm a super avid traveler, love traveling. And I'm one of those, I want to see it for myself type of people. <laughs> I don't believe anything I read or see until I like see it myself. <laughs> so that's part of the reason why I love traveling. Because if I see somewhere like, you know, on TV or a magazine, whatever, I'm like, man, I wonder what it's really like. You know, I want to really, like, what is it really like there? Um, and that love for travel, you know, in those like, seeds of like living abroad that were planted when I was younger they just never went away so I was just motivated all the time by like how can I get a free trip <laughs> how can I get a broad experience or so let, abroad? let me ask you this how <laughs> old were you when you made your first was your was your first trip to Jamaica your first time out of the country yeah like not counting Canada because you know Detroit's so close to Canada so um yeah. obviously we go to Canada often back in the days when you didn't even need a passport to go over right um all pre-911 obviously and um 9-11 I mean and um but Jamaica was my first you know those visits back to my mother's where my mother's from my dad's from there too as well but we used to wow. go back to my mom and um it was really special I actually got a chance to meet my great grandmother, like in person. Wow. Like not their great grandmother. Yeah. And it was just really special. Like there's something very special about Jamaica. And I felt so connected. <laughs> like when I was there, like like I belong here as well. You know, I was like, oh man, I feel more like I belong here than I do in the US. Even though I was young, you know, the sense of uh like peace, I guess you could say, is what wow. I, I felt. Yeah. That is so interesting because you said you were coming from Detroit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were coming from Detroit. Yeah. yeah. And you made a point to let us know that you wasn't going to the, the touristy parks. Oh my gosh. So like outhouses. Um, what people here in the US are not here, in the US would call shacks pretty much. But that like seeing my family there so happy and fulfilled and self-sufficient, it at an early age, I was able to challenge social norms of happiness and, and success because I'm like, here's my family happy and successful. You know what I mean? And they don't have all these material stuff. Dr. Detroit is very materialistic. And then we moved to the suburbs, which is even more materialistic, right? <laughs> so it's like growing. It was such like the, the huge contrast, right? Allowed me to really start to question and form my own beliefs around like, you know, like, what does happiness look like? How important is money? Like all these things at a very young age started to develop from those uh, trips to Jamaica. I love that. I really do love that. You know, I didn't have that luxury when I was a kid. It is and a luxury. The experience I had when, um, the only experience I had with international travel was the brothers in our community that had gone to Vietnam. And I oh, wow. realized that as an expat. You know, when mm -hmm. I started asking people, like, did you travel with your family and stuff? That was my experience. Internationally, mm -hmm. was they had gone to Vietnam, you know. So that is that is really, really interesting. And you, you noticed that your family was happy. So you didn't mind going to the outhouse or anything like that? No, no, I was terrified. Um, so... <laughs> 
another thing to note about me, I'm a germaphobe and I'm also like a, I was a scaredy cat when I was younger. And so they used to get these tins in the tin, you like a bed pin, a bedpan and you pee in the bedpan type of tin thing. And then they would obviously throw it out, you know, into the outhouse in the morning. But I was terrified at night because it's dark. There's no, you know how in the city these lights everywhere? No, there's no lights. So <laughs> I was like, I'm not. And when you go into the outhouse and you close the door, I will never forget this. The first oh, time I went in God. there, it see snails. And I was like, oh, no. Snails? They were all like lining the thing because it, it's the country. Like, it's like being out in nature. I mean, it's, it's when I say the country, it's like a three around a three hour drive through the mountains. Like, it's not this is not the city life. So, I mean, where my where my mother is from is it's the country. Yeah, like she knows how to do everything. She knows how to like do everything, like you know, like kill a chicken so you can cook it. You know all these things. Like, wow. and I remember that was that it was just I had a very um, early exposure to just alternative lifestyle from like Detroit. You know, <laughs> it was very different. So when you would go to your grandmother's house, and I, I'm sorry, I'm just totally amazed with this. Okay, great great grandmothers. Your great grandmother. Yeah. All right. So when you would go mm -hmm. to your great-grandmother's house and your mom took, you got siblings? Yeah, I have a sister, older sister as well. And sometimes like my grandma would take, like we didn't go often when we were younger, but like I may have gone like four times as a younger, per, you know, younger person. And then we started going as a family. We got older as well. So, okay. So when you went as a younger person, I mean, totally different than anything mm -hmm. you experienced in um, Detroit. However, sure. Kamala, I feel like even though you were like horrified and I can't imagine, <laughs> uh, horrified and just like WTF. Um, <laughs> I still have appreciation. I still had an appreciation. Wow. Because I was like, man, I'm really, I didn't feel at the time at first, like lucky to be living in Detroit, but then I was like, man, we are lucky. <laughs> like we don't, you know, we, we are fortunate. Um, it gave me perspective. That's what it was. It put things in perspective for me and it helped me get some gratitude, like at a young age. So now uh, at, let me ask you this. So you had to have your passport then? Cause I know back, the, back in you know, the day. crazy? I don't remember. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I don't remember like the whole, I don't remember, I don't remember, yeah, like if we, what were the requirements at that day? Because I would have been back in the 1990s. Um, wow. And see, I'm the only one in my family born in the States because even my sister was born in Jamaica. And so they could always go back, you know, I'm actually in the process of applying, I have applied for my Jamaican passport and citizenship, um, but yeah, it's that's all another story. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting um for for that to come through, but um because of, you can get citizenship through descent um from my parents and I can get it from my grandparents too. So, so your first memory of international travel was Jamaica and going to the country, and so after you went there the first time, and then you was going to go back a second time. So when you went to Jamaica, and I'm sorry, this sometimes information just takes me on to a whole other thing. No, right? no, no, it's fine. <laughs> So when you went to Jamaica and you experienced that total fresh experience for you, how did you feel when you returned to Detroit? Did you feel like I ever want to go back there again? Or did you feel yeah, like, I was, you know, 
like you said, you felt like blessed because of the things that you had. How did it change you? It changed me a lot because it made me really grateful for what I had in Detroit. Because I think before, um, I didn't think we were that fortunate, you know, and we were by no means like rich or anything, not even, we weren't even mid middle class. Okay. <laughs> like yes. um, my family was on welfare when I was younger, you know, so like not, I'm just saying like I was single parent household, you know, just me, my mom, my sister. Um, and so it made me grateful, but also curious, you know, it kind of like planted that seed of curiosity I was like, man, I wonder what the rest of this world is like. <laughs> I love like, that. Sure, yeah. it's the difference between me and you in that when I met my husband in 1993, and he was like, yeah, I'm from Panama. I'm like, okay, that's nice. And <laughs> <laughs> like when I retire, I'd like to go back to Panama. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm not going to know you then. So, I mean, I doubt that would be a conversation that we had now 30 years later. <laughs> I can remember thinking for the longest time, not even being interested, sure, really? in travel. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that I was in the best place in the world. <laughs> Sorry, there is nothing better in the United States, okay? And that's just where I was in my thinking. But I just wonder how that would have been different had mm -hmm. I had an experience like what you had or with other people that were able to travel. Because even though you recognized that how good you had it in Detroit, you recognized that there was another world out there and what else might there be? And that, and I, all I kept thinking, it, I just, I wanted more. Like, I... I want, and I couldn't, like, <laughs> I make so many life decisions off of how can this help me travel? <laughs> like, I'm not being funny. Like, I chose my job based on that. Um, I mean, I just made a lot of life decisions around, like, okay, so how can I travel? <laughs> how can this get me? We, like I said, we didn't have travel situation. Yeah, yeah because I'm like, well, who, who paying for this ticket? Because, I mean, I would literally write papers in college just to, and submit them to conferences just so I can get a free ticket, a free trip to go to the conference and see a new city. I would do summer programs every single summer and I would apply to like research programs in math and research programs, just anything I could get my hands on. I didn't care what the topic was. If they were willing to pay to send me to some, a city, I was like, I'll, I'll give you a research paper. I'll do research for the whole summer, but you're sending me to LA. Cool. Like I, I did whatever it took because I didn't have the money myself. Cause even in college, in school, I was on scholarship. Um, everything was scholarship because, you know, we didn't have any money saved for college. So I graduated top of my class. I was valedictorian because I know we needed money for school. And I was like, I'm going to be the best student I can be to get the money that I need so I can go to school and so I can travel. Like that was my whole thought process. <laughs> so so you think all of that started from your exposure to Jamaica yeah absolutely it, it it was what let me know there was there's like there was another world out there that was different than you know just the confines of like Detroit or even Southfield where we later moved to Southfield it's like a suburb of Detroit I absolutely love that so then you ended up moving to so then you ended up choosing over time mm -hmm. let me ask you this okay do you remember when you got your first passport yes I do actually because well the first one as an adult okay so I, yes. I'm, I'm sure yes. I, 
I remember because my friend, my roommate at the time, I was working at Deloitte, finally got a job and she wanted to go to the Dominican Republic for her birthday. Now, mind you, she was going to Dominican Republic and bringing like 14 friends or something crazy. And I'm like, this is never going, who can get 14 people to afford a trip to Dominican Republic? Uh, she could. Okay. So I go on this trip and it just, I was like, wow. Cause I grew up where like a lot of people didn't even have passports. So the fact that she got 14, I don't remember the exact number. I'm just saying she got a, quite a few people, boys and girls. I mean, women and men, we went and celebrated her birthday in the Dominican Republic. And the trip was amazing. And you I was like, yes, yes. And I mean, I just had the time of my life. And I was like, yeah. I want more of it. Like, as, <laughs> it's like my appetite never was satisfied. I always wanted more. Like, as I went on more trips, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to see the rest. And, and it started, obviously, you know, like on these trips that were like organized. And then I started doing solo because I got the courage to do solo because I wanted to see places, but I couldn't find people to go with. So I was like, I'll talk about myself. <laughs> so are you to travel? So mm -hmm. have you been to a whole lot of countries? I've been to over 50 now. <laughs> wow, sure. I love, I love, I will solo travel. I love solo travel. I I lived in London for some time um, before moving to Portugal. So I spent three years total in London and that was through my job. Again, I picked my job based on like, based can, on, I can I travel? Can I travel and can I move abroad at some point? And I remember the first like week I got there, I started looking up international job, like roles in the company. And they're like, uh, you have to be with the company for two years before you can be eligible. So like at two years in the company, I was like, okay, can I, can I get this job now? <laughs> Like I was so, they had to be sick of me at HR in town because I was so on top of it. I was like, no, no, I I, I want to move abroad. I, I want to go abroad. And London was the option for me because I did not know another language. And I was like, man, I'm like, where can I go only knowing English? And this is before I knew you could move abroad, even if you don't know the language. I didn't know that time. And so that's how I landed on London. And it was phenomenal. Like wow. rough six months was after that, London was phenomenal. Like the first six months was rough. It was really new for me. Um, I had to, and I used to be an introvert, like a hundred percent introvert. Now I'm like 50, 50, you know, sometimes introvert, sometimes <laughs> depending on the topic we're talking about. Um, and that, that London experience like solidified everything I had ever thought about the living abroad experience. I was like, oh, this is so much better. Wow. It, it was it affirmed all the things that I thought before, like, oh, it's going to be more fun. I can make more friends. It was just a really fulfilling experience. And just when I thought like London can't get any, you know, like London was the top tier, like there's no better living abroad experience than London. Um, the universe brought me to Portugal and Portugal has pleasantly surprised me. Like I did not expect it to be this great here. And I know people are like, oh, you know, you were romanticizing. I'm like, Take what you want from it. <laughs> I love it. It's been um, going on three years now, wow. or almost three years, four and a half years. Um, and it's just been a really, it surprised me, like how rich the relationships are here that I've been able to make with people, my creativity, just being in a space where I'm just like, I can exist. My creativity can flow. I meet people who I feel genuinely aligned with in regards to like, the type of energy that I want to be around. So those yeah. people are they are they um, Portuguese and 
others or mostly expats, but also Portuguese, but mostly, I mean, all fairness, mostly, um, mostly expats. Yeah. But also Portuguese as well, but mostly expats. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So in, in Portuguese, what is the type of money that you have there? Oh, um, they use the euro. So pretty much, yeah, yeah, because they're part of the European Union, okay. which is another really good benefit because once you become a citizen, even as a resident of a European Union country, you have a lot of access to things that I don't think people realize, which I think is like a an added benefit. So for example, if European, if you're a European Union citizen, you can go work in other European Union countries. You can just flow through, you know, if I want to go work in the Netherlands or if I wanted to go work, um, you know, in France or something, you, you can do that as a citizen. I'm a resident right now and citizenship is something I will, I will earn over time. Right. That's interesting. So, okay. So you've been, you've been in Portugal, you said for four and a half years? No, two, two and a half years. I moved here um, end of June, 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. So what is, what is it like? Like, okay, so when you went to Portugal, where did you go there from? Did you go there from London? Oh, yeah, from London. Yeah. So what happened is I worked for Deloitte for 10 years and then I quit my job. That was 2019. And I quit my job because the year prior, my dad had transitioned um, and it had a really big impact on me. Like it made me reevaluate my my life, right? Seeing him die to me relatively young. Yes. Um, it made me like rethink, like, what am I doing all this for just for money? Because I was making good money in, you know, in the States. Um, and I had worked hard. I mean, I had like, you know, it wasn't like someone just gave me money, but I, I was working. I worked for 10 years. I mean, and so I took this career break and the goal for me was to figure out which country I wanted to live in because I knew I did not want to live in the United States and figure out what I want to do with my life, like do something more purposeful. I didn't really know what it was. But you said that you left your um, job in 2019. Yeah. So the goal was to take a break, um, find a new country to live in, and just figure out what I want to do with my life. I, I, I didn't really know. I had been chasing money for so long. Because when you grow up without money, money feels like everything. And mm -hmm. I wasn't even making money like that, but it was good enough. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's the people yeah. who actually make money. Like, oh, you're a peasant. You're making pennies. You know, pennies. But um, for me, coming from like where I came from, you know what I mean? Like I was like, man, I really, you know, money made a big deal to me. Okay. So I chased it in addition to chasing the travel and other stuff. So I go to London. I've decided to base myself in London because I could be in London for six months as an American on a tourist visa. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll just be based here for six months. I have friends there still from when I lived in, you know, London before dope community out there. Um, and I just really loved London. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a great place to be. And then six months in, COVID hit. And wow. so, mind you. Six months at, in London. Yeah. I mean, I had been going back and forth because I would travel to like, uh, from London, you can get super cheap flights. So I was just traveling around Europe. Um, but I was coming, always coming back to London pretty much. Instead of going back to the States, I like, used London as my base. And thank God for my... Thank God for my friends who let me keep my things at their house. I had stuff in like <laughs> London, Detroit. Like I had my clothes were everywhere. My things were everywhere. Um, I actually just this, is it this year or last year? I just last year got my things in one of my friends' house. Like it's been three years. Um, so I'm thankful for them. Okay. I'm saying that because you're not. That's I'm love. Really, that's love. It is love. Like, 
Um, and y'all know how space is a, a luxury in uh, London. So I appreciate my friends for letting me keep my stuff at their house um, during this transition period. Uh, but yeah, my mom's like, you thinking, honey, why don't you come home? I was like, nah, man, I'd rather rough it out here. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, the U.S. was on fire. This was peak COVID, George Floyd. It, just, it was just so much going yeah. on in the state. And um, I had a ticket booked to go to Lisbon, like in the fall of 2020. So I changed my ticket and moved it up because they were talking about closing borders. I'm like, damn. Because I was like, I don't want to have to go back to the States. Yes. But my time is about to be up in London because you can only stay for oh, six months. Oh, six months. Yes, I'm like, damn. I'm like, what am I about to do? So I moved my ticket up um, and I get <laughs> to the airport and they not letting any Americans on the flight to London, Lisbon. Mind you, I'm in London. I've been in London for like six months. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't even been in the States. But they didn't care. So I'm standing off to the side. I'm like, man, I don't know what. I'm just sitting there because I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I had cut all my hair off. Like I shaved my hair bald. So I was wearing yeah. like a little wrap. And out of nowhere, this woman comes from the back. Um, and she points to me and another gentleman. And she goes, check those two in their residence mind you i have no residency nothing for portugal like portugal ah. residence. so i run up to the agent you know <laughs> and another agent had my passport because something had happened where the americans started yelling and so i kind of like backed off but i forgot my passport anyway so i get my passport from the other agent handed to the one that the lady's telling to check in he looks at my passport he goes she's american she looks at me she looks at him she goes check check her in she's a resident Wow. And when I told you, that's when I was like, oh, I belong in Portugal because yes. nothing got me into Portugal. Um, and I only mentioned my hairdress because that woman was dressed as if she was Muslim. So I'm assuming she might have thought I was Muslim as well. Um, and I assuming and the guy behind me was ethnic looking guy. So I was like, oh, man, it's so crazy because if I hadn't cut my looking hair, out. you know, huh? she was looking out. No, no, super. No, like she literally got me on a flight. I mean, I would have never gotten into then when I get uh -huh. to the border, you still got to get through border patrol, right? And a guy is like talking to me in Portuguese. I'm like, oh man, like, I don't know any Portuguese, okay? Um, and so I'm finally like, hey, sorry, I don't know any Portuguese, you know? And he goes, do you have family here? And I'm like, no. He said, you don't have any family here. And I'm like, I didn't want to say yes because I know at the border, like you can't play games yes, with the border patrol. Yes. Oh, I'm like, no. He shakes his head, stamps me up, and lets me go through. I ran through that airport so fast. Got my bag. And I was just like, God. And I remember, I remember the feeling because I was like, oh my God. Because the whole time I was on the flight, I was like, damn, I, what if they don't let me in, you know? Um, into the country and I gotta turn back around, you know? Yeah. So then it was it was a very uncertain time. No, like traveling during COVID was wild. Um, yeah. And this was peak COVID. I mean, this wasn't when we had COVID tests or anything like that. This was like peak. We don't this know what's was going like on. Everything yeah. shut down, COVID. Everything shut down. So Everybody I Everybody stay the in the house, COVID. <laughs> yes. And that was actually one of my best summers. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Well, I know. Um, I know. I had such a beautiful experience like introduction to Portugal um I mean I had traveled to Portugal before but this was like my first time like settling down, down. and I'm sitting there like making you uh, making Instagram videos like oh I moved to Portugal I'm all excited and then reality sets in like um oh, ma'am you need a permit you can't just be here 
And so I started doing the research. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I have to apply from the U.S. So, so in I'm Portugal, like, was your was your U.S. visa still good for six months? No, it's only three months. Oh, uh, it's different for each country. So yeah. as a U.S. citizen, you cannot spend more than ninety days in Portugal, like on tourist visa. Yes. So I'm doing my research. I don't know. I already told people to move to Portugal. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> And I um, realized that the requirement at the time, I think they have since changed it, was that you needed to apply from your home country, meaning like where you're from, which is the States. So you needed so, to apply when you were physically in the U.S.? Yeah, I should have applied from the U.S., okay. okay. And I'm looking online, I'm joining Facebook groups, trying to figure all this out, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because my, my 90 days is coming up and I'm nervous. Yes. And I'm like, reality sets in. You need to go back to the States to apply. So I have to go back to the States. I think it was like maybe October or something when I went back. And I got approved, I think, January or February. So for those, for those like time when I was back, um, I was staying at my mom's house because obviously I'm like, I'm, I'm I knew I was temporary. I was like, I am not. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I get to residence. I'm out of here. And just the waiting game, mind you, it's the holidays and it's COVID. So things are super slow. Like everything's getting canceled, getting your fingerprinting done, getting your uh, document apostled um, from the FBI. You got to do a background check yes. as a part of the um, residency process. And I'm sweating every day. I'm checking my email like crazy. Then I have a dream that I got denied. And I believe <laughs> it's a dream. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm like, oh my God. And that's literally the morning that I wake up and saw the acceptance email. Oh, and I wow. cried so hard. You I cried. cried so hard. I cried. I ran downstairs. My mom was like on a break or whatever, you know, like lunch break. She's working from home at the time. Yes. And I'm like, mommy. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I got it. I was like, oh my God, I was so, cause I, I know I so desperately, cause I, mind you, I had a lease and everything back in Portugal already. Like I, it was, I now know it wasn't illegal. I didn't, I mean, I say illegal, like it wasn't a proper one. Cause you need a certain number, like tax number and all this stuff. Um, but I didn't notice that time. They eventually ended up screwing me over and keeping my deposit, but that's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but a lot of it was just like, I didn't, you know, because of COVID, I didn't have the luxury of like planning this out a certain way. Obviously y'all yes. probably did more research. Um, I was just like, man, like you just got to take the risk sometimes. Um, you really just got to put yourself out there. It's like, oh, so when you got to, but when you got to Portugal, yeah. what was it that made you love it so much? Okay. So when I first visited fast backtrack to 2017, cause that was 2020, 2021. Okay. 2017, I visited with my friend. It was my best friend's birthday. We went on a group trip. And um, she got a bunch of friends together and we did a trip to Morocco and then they had like a couple days in um, Lisbon. And I was like, man, it's a dope little city. Um, I like the slower pace. I love the, like the weather was beautiful. Uh, I just, I don't know, I kind of felt at home, like this weird, like sense of feeling like I was at home. Yeah. And so I liked it so much that I was like, you know what, y'all, I'm gonna actually stay an extra week. And everybody like by yourself. I was like, yeah. So they all left. I stayed an extra week, and I just explored this, the the country. I went down to the. I took the train by myself. Went down to the Algarve, and I remember falling asleep on the beach with my phone and everything out because I didn't plan to fall asleep. I just yes. I got too comfortable. Yeah. And I woke up startled 
And I looked around, my phone was still there. Everything was there. First, and in that moment, I was like, oh, I could live here. Because I know in the States, oh, I wouldn't be able to turn half my bag. 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 <laughs> um, I mean, everything was still there. And I was just sitting there eating this bag of cheese. And I was like, yo, I could live here, <laughs> like for real. Yes. So I felt a, a weird sense of belonging here from that first visit. Um, then I felt it so much. I was like, mommy gotta come to Portugal so me and my mom come to Portugal in 2019 and I started asking around for housing prices like this stuff like housing and um I just that same building that I asked with my mom and I remember it was like 1500 I was like damn I can't afford that um 1500 a month so when I came back in 2020 now you know when I told you I went to that same building but because of COVID and mind you they had no travel same place I got for 700 that wow. They let me move in within 48 hours. They never took a single penny from me up front. Now, you know, in the States, the lady yeah. helped me move in and then she was like, oh yeah, when you get a chance, you can transfer over the money. I was like, they so nice here. <laughs> so nice. But I, I mean, looking back, I didn't put things in context. It was COVID. Everyone was desperate to get any paying customers. Any they movie, could get any, anything. Uh, when you have an economy that is dependent on tourism, even if it's not fully, but like mostly dependent on tourism, mm -hmm. it's so damaging to the economy, to the jobs, to people when you take that away. On the and so, yeah. And so I got really spoiled early on in Portugal because I was able to do all the tourist sites without all the tourists here. I explored that whole summer. My friends from London came and visited me. I had the time of my life. Like, and I feel bad saying that because I know COVID was a really like horrible time for a lot of people. Yeah. But um I can relate. I that summer, like Portugal followed all the rules. So as long as you followed the rules, put it this way, you mm -hmm. wore your mask, you did your san, you know, sanitize your hands, you get your vaccine, whatever it was, I did all that, but I was still able to live. And I love the fact when you said, like, what was it about Portugal? Mind you, as, as I'm in Portugal living my best life, the U.S. is on fire. Yes. Big, both literally and figuratively. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, so, and so then, was you, like you said, you, you had to wear your mask and, you know, yeah. every, as long as you followed the rules, you were good in Portugal. And people here, guess what? Um, when they had the mask mandate, I literally only saw one person ever not wearing a mask. Wow. One. On the, on, the, on, the, on the metro. So to me, like there was a genuine level of respect um, that people have here that I felt like was very unique because mind you, I was coming from London. I spent three months of COVID in London from March to June. And uh -huh. London was interesting. That's all I'm gonna say. It was a mixed bag. Um, and then I could see what was happening in the US. Yeah. And so I was like, nah, man, I'm gonna just take my bets here <laughs> because it, I felt safe in Portugal. Yeah. Um. I met some people early on who were just very critical to me feeling at home as well. Other black women, the expat community. Yes. And so all of these experiences were just like building up this, you know, desire for, you know, connecting the black community abroad. Yeah. And connecting me to the country. Um, and I, I enjoyed the people were kind. Um, I do think the attitude and sentiment towards foreigners will change over time because Portugal, what's happening now is so many people are moving to Portugal that prices are like shooting through the roof, right? So, exactly. And so I think the, the, the warm welcome that I got, I'm not sure if it's going to, it's going to last. I mean, yeah, yeah. So people coming in 2023, 
are, you know, even people who came in 2022, they may not feel that same warm energy and sense of belonging that I felt because they would have joined at a very different time than I did. Yeah. Um, and because Portugal You joined at a time when they needed you. Yeah. And Portugal is quite diverse. So people don't even know I'm not Portuguese unless I open my mouth. Because wow. there's so many black people. They, they, they were, they colonized so many black African countries. Yes. Um, so those countries are here and present, very present in Portugal. So mm-hmm. you have a strong black community. And what I mean by that, like the presence is here. And I was also to move around and see people who look like me. I didn't feel out of place at all, actually. So mm-hmm. Portugal just ticked a lot of boxes because it gave me the peace of mind that I was looking for in a new country to live in. I enjoyed like the weather. They get like 300 days of sunlight, but 365 on average. Um, you can get oh, around so, easily. So you said they get 300 days of sun? Yeah, out of the year on average, out of 365. What so like the, that's temperature like. So it does get cold in Portugal. I know people don't assume that, but it does. Um, so the summers are beautiful and hot, but the like right now, let me see what the temperature is right now. It's cold. Like <laughs> I'm like, this is cold, but I don't like any type of cold weather. So maybe I'm um like like how cold? Like right now it's 45. Right now, and it's it's pretty oh, much dear. almost. Oh yeah. dear! <laughs> I know you're. Like, I'm, I'm in Panama. I never want to see 45 again in my life. <laughs> and I still haven't been to Panama yet. So no, 45 is not 20 degrees, and you come from Detroit, so it's all relative. Detroit. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm like, how many people come from Jamaica and end up in Detroit? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so, but wow. yeah, no, Portugal just ticked a lot of boxes, and the food was good. I know people have varying opinions, but. I, enjoy, I like seafood and I like gelato. Boom. Like I'm in the perfect spot. You was good yeah. to go. So, yeah. and they speak um, Portuguese. Portuguese, yep. Okay. Um, I did not know. Spanish, right? Um, I've heard the Portuguese get offended when you say that, so I'm not going to say really? yes. Okay, but, so I didn't say that. Just take, yeah. that, take that yeah. back. Take yeah, it back. But, um, but there are some, if you know Spanish, there are some words in Portuguese that, and if you look back at the history of between um, Portugal and Spain, it all makes sense. But um, I I did take Spanish when I was in school, did not retain it. Um, and so I still struggled um, a bit. The one thing here is that the people here are quite kind and gracious when it comes to you not knowing the language. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been to like, France or Paris specifically I heard outside of Paris is different they are a little rude like if you don't know the language they're just super rude and off-putting um but here most people will just switch over to English or if they don't know the language like they'll try to find someone who does um know English and can help you which is to me gracious right because like when you go to a country you should learn the language um so I, I don't have the expectation that like they need to accommodate me but I appreciate the accommodation um I really do and are you um, better now at it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I can say some things. I'm not fluent the way I thought it would be by this period, like by this time. But I think that's just because, like, I'm up here trying to run a business, grow. But like, my priority list of like the things I kind of have to do, you know, right now. Um, the reality is like it hasn't been something that I've been able to dedicate type of time that you need to dedicate to it. Um, do you live so in a community? Do you live in a community that is? You know, a lot of people speak English. Yeah. So if you live in Lisbon, um, their primary like major city, uh, most people will speak English here because they get a lot of tourism. 
Um, yeah. If you go outside of Lisbon, it's a little bit more challenging. Um, and I love living city center, even when I was in the States um, as a child, as an adult, like I just love living city center. So I live in the city at least. So like, I doubt I'll ever move out <laughs> of Lisbon, but I'm, I genuinely do plan on learning language and being fluent. And you have to anyway, to, in order to uh, become a citizen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm concerned about that because I think probably, I don't know if I want to become a citizen or if, I, if it's like a priority for me to become a citizen of Panama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that your benefits, you know, mm-hmm. as be, being in the country significantly increase when you become a citizen. Um, yes. You've been able to move around quite a bit and to just basically flow. So um, you're not married or you don't have any children? No, I am single and ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> Single and ready to mingle. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm 38. Um, and one of the things I loved about London, not Lisbon, was like dating was phenomenal. And so, like, I loved my dating life out there. Here in Lisbon, it's been really challenging, and I think that's primarily because I haven't dedicated any energy to dating. Right, I, I've been like running expat has taken up so much of my time outside of like you know there's leisure time so yes. I have made it a priority but I can't say I'm gonna do it this year either <laughs> make it a priority but maybe I don't know I need to make it a priority I think here you have to be intentional because I don't know the language so that limits the pool um and then it's some cultural nuances right you know in the states the men are very forward and they will yeah. talk to you if you're interested you know in London they're slightly bashful but they'll still talk to you here, I don't know if it's a language bearer or if I'm just not their type. So like guys will try to talk to me, but there's like sometimes, but there's a language barrier. But also the guys who are who speak English, no, like that doesn't happen. So I'm just like So is it just is it just black guys or you well, know I'm actually, are you open? A, yeah, I'm open. I mean, I have a preference, which is you know, black men, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, yes. Um, but I'm open and that's because like I've met I mean, I've met nice guys from all types of backgrounds. So I don't really like, I'm not trying to block my blessing. <laughs> exactly. Don't, don't. And I always say that don't, don't lock yourself into something. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, I would be lying. If I say, you, you want a, you want a man um, that treats you like the queen you are. Yeah. And, and they I come in all colors. Yeah. Like I want to be comfortable. Um, I don't, I don't um, make any assumptions about like what my soulmate like what he looks like or anything. So what so was the head. dating like in London? Was it more like, you know, black men that you were dating or like, you smile? You're like, no, oh, like the great thing about London is you have so many more options. So in London, like in the States, I feel like only black men approach me. And in London, you can talk to whoever you want um, by regardless of race, culture, if, you know, background, it's really open. And I, I love the openness of the dating scene in London. I don't think everyone has the same experience though, because the other black women that I talk to, because I'm in all these expat groups, they're like, Charlotte, I don't know what part of London you're in because we don't have that experience. <laughs> but I'm like, maybe it's your energy because um, like I was, I just, it was easy to like, for example, you could go out, meet three guys and at least two out of three be solid. Like you get what I mean? Those are like high <laughs> odds to like, you know, I don't feel like any other city that I've lived in, I had that type of, um, like when I say luck, return like, you know, like, investment. Yeah, return on investment. <laughs> and so, um, 
they're well because the thing about it, guys in London love to travel. I love traveling. They're well traveled. So that's big ding, like number one thing. Um, normally they have a sufficient amount of like income because the reality is like I want to be comfortable um and I like to travel. And normally if you are living in London, like you need some type of money because London's so expensive. Um, so I felt compatible also like from a lifestyle perspective. Um yeah. and they're attractive because they're so like you, I mean, literally, you can be like a kid in a candy store. It's so many different options. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they're so London's really diverse. London is really diverse. Wow. So you can I, I would I would I would not have automatically thought that. Yeah, and you I mean you need to know where to go. And that's one of the things I love about the black expat communities is the ability to like kind of find the type of guys, people that I'm interested in, you know, like through those communities also. Um, I do think it's, I guess one word of caution, the expat community is really small when it comes yeah. to like closeness, proximity, right? Like who you, so if you date someone who's in the expat community, I think that can get a little messy. So I would like, you know, tell people like, be careful with that. I really didn't try to date any guys in the expat community, but you could meet them and their friends here <laughs> locals. Um, but I, I enjoyed the the dating life, and so I've even made just regular friends, like you know, not romantic um, relationships, and just really because I love traveling so much. Yeah, um, meet travel but buddies. You have a and lot just, in common. Yes, because the London guys are like more travelers. Yeah, it's part of the culture, so. I mean, you you don't have to work that hard. It's more organic, like more organic connections. Um, and I think for each person, like each person probably will have their city that they feel that way about, you know. So you don't, so uh, Portugal is not as much. No, not at all. I mean, I I feel unfair judging Portugal dating scene because I haven't tried. Because you've been, because you, you're so engrossed in your work. Yeah, like I'm literally... Like I moved to this country and like expat was literally put it this way. Expat chat started uh either April or May of 2020. The okay. app December point that's the letter X P A T. Yes. The app launched in 20. I was building that app out. Um, you know, like the whole everything was happening all at the same time. So I don't know if I even gave the dating scene a chance here. I would yeah. have it. Yeah. Uh Black Expats in Panama was built during COVID. Mm-hmm. It's built yep. during COVID. So okay, so let's talk about expat. Expat mm -hmm. chat. Yes. So yes. how did so, you decide to come up with that? So it was actually born out of the need that I have for myself. Um, as I was looking, it was COVID. And so you know, we were on lockdown, March. Middle of March is when it started the lockdown. And you were in Portugal or I was London, London at the time. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm in this studio with one window that looks at a wall, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm uh -huh. crazy here." <laughs> so I, I was like investing in classes online because I was bored out of my mind. I mean, I would go for my little walks. You were allowed to go on these walks and stuff. You know, get some fresh air. But I was like, "Man, this is gonna be a long." You know, we didn't know how long things were gonna go. So exactly. I started taking course um so I thought I'm gonna be a travel blogger for like three days and um in that I was like okay you don't want to do travel blogging but I was like man I'm really trying to figure out where I want to live I wish there was somewhere where I could go and just like talk to black other black expats who live there yes. and so I was like well, since I couldn't find it 
I just started it myself. So I was like, I'm going to start interviewing people because I couldn't find Um, so that's how the chat started because I was curious about life abroad in Portugal and other places, but I was like, how can I find this info? Um, and at the time I wasn't aware of some of the podcasts and things that existed, right? I know we had communities that were like travel communities, Mm -hmm. but that's not the same as a living abroad community to me, because those are two different type of lifestyles, right? Right. Like living somewhere traveling has different nuances. Absolutely. um, then I came and I think I found black Americans living abroad. I was like, bet this is a group focused on, you know, like the black experience abroad. So I was really grateful for that group. And then other groups like Black Sit Global popped up, Black Sit Tribe popped up. So I'm like, you know, I'm seeing all these like rising of like these because people were like, we're leaving the US. So I started, I just kept interviewing people. We had nothing else to do. I was bored. Um, so you just reached out to people that you found in those groups and said, would you give me an interview? So guess what? In the beginning, I was reaching out. And then very quickly, early on, people start reaching out to me. And I was like, oh, this makes my life easier because now I just set up a little Calendly link. People could, you know, opt in, fill out the Calendly link, set up a yes. meeting. We'd call, and then I would do the chats live. And they, the first ones were like cringeworthy when I look back at them. But I don't know why. <laughs> I got to rhythm mind you I hate being on camera but my passion to tell this to get people's stories out was stronger than my like mm, I could care less about being on yeah. camera type situation were you doing um, it on a YouTube platform or what platform were you using I was all on Instagram Instagram okay. live I don't know if Instagram live had been out that long maybe it had but I hadn't used it you know before all this happened um and I remember too I had during COVID, cut all my hair off, shaved my head bald. Like, so I was also uncomfortable. This was my first time. I never knew what my natural hair looked like. I always had a relaxer from a sense of young age, at least. And so- I, You know, I've never cool. seen you in anything other than short hair. I can't even oh. imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had, I had like, you know, my hair was relaxed and always in a tight bun, way too tight bun. Um, and occasionally I'd wear it down. And so I was getting used to that look too, because I mean, for- 30 some years of my life, you know, like I never just never knew what my natural curl pattern or hair looked like. Right. And didn't know how to take care of my hair either, like how to cut it or nothing, shave it or anything like that. So, and I just did a, I didn't just do a big chop. I literally shaved my head bald. Yeah. So I was wearing all these expat chats because I didn't know what to do with my hair. Um, anyway, side note, but that's a side note. So then as I'm doing these chats and I'm learning more about these communities and I'm finding out about these podcasts and finding out about these expat groups, I was like, oh, we actually do have a really broad, like big footprint of black expats all over the world. We right. just need a directory so we can find each other. And that's okay. how the app came up because I was like, I just wanted to create a central place where you could type in the name of the country and pull up not just the people there, but also like the communities that were there to support. So yeah. to give you an example in Portugal, you have black in Portugal, and then you have people of color in Portugal. It's called POC okay. in Portugal. These are two Facebook groups that are like essential if you're moving abroad and you're, you know, identify as a black person. I was thinking to myself, no one would know to search for POC in Portugal. Like you would just never know to search for that keyword. Right. But if I could create a directory where you put in Portugal and then the Portugal. groups come up, even better. Plus the profiles. So I started doing the research, figuring out like how hard it would be to like build this app and through my research I was like man if I try to build it myself like with my own like coding and everything it would take forever I wanted to in 2020 
So then I was like, okay, let me try to find some developers. So I doing all this research, found a development company in the UK that seemed pretty legit and started working with them. I cannot tell you, like I had the vision, but the coding and all that stuff, like the ability for for the way everything worked out was so put it all together. Yeah. So it was like the development was again, the company. Cause again, I was like the time it was taking me to sit there and code. I have like limited coding experience, um, but I have a technical background. So that's how I understand the nuances. Of creating that. Yeah. And everything just came together. Like, wow. In a way, I mean, we had some challenges. I won't go into details of that right now, but, <laughs> um, it was just really affirming to me. Like, man, this is something that you should do. And I felt like our community needed it. And I also felt like it was part of something bigger. Like yeah. it was going to be part of something bigger. So I had all these really grand and I still have them plans for our community. Yeah. And organically it started growing. And it got to the point where I was like, you can start rolling out the other plan, <laughs> you know? But then I felt a little restricted with resources and funding and so I was applying to funding, applying to funding. I wasn't getting anywhere, no grants or anything. And that's when I decided like, you know what? It's time to bring on another team member and start looking for investment funding. So not grants, but looking for like venture capital investment. And that's, so that's where I'm at now. Um, but our community has grown. Um, we launched, it's now been two years since the app started, almost okay. two and a half. Yeah, we have 11,000, over 11, almost at 12,000 members. That's amazing. I swear. Yes. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't nearly that many when I joined the platform. I mean, yeah, it, it absolutely exploded. Yeah, and, and let me, we have representation from over 130 different countries and territories. And wow. that's the part that was more impressive because this is counting where people are originally from, where yes. they have lived abroad, and where they currently live. You know, if you like, you know what I mean? Like, because, um, yes. My goal is to figure out, like, it's nationality agnostic, meaning it's not just for Black Americans. Yes. Anyone from the diaspora who identifies as, I don't know Black is an American term, but identifies as from the diaspora Black, living right. outside of the country, you know, as an expat, nomad, study abroad student, like, I want you to be a part of this, you know? Yes. Um, and what ended up happening, too, that I did not expect, we started getting people who were not even abroad yet on the platform, so the aspiring expats started joining, travelers started joining. So I was like, man, like people really want to connect with these black expat communities. They want to learn as much as they can from personal exactly. experience. Exactly. And yeah. it just, it, so I, so then, and, and then obviously, you know, I even came across, you know, but I'm not interested in Panama right now, but right. I came across black expats in Panama. And I'm looking at your page and I'm like, oh, they got events and doing tours. They connect <laughs> with the locals. <laughs> so then I started creating this directory of all the communities because I was like, our community needs to know about these resources. We yeah. need to know. And so the app became, like I said, this directory of not just people, not just articles. Um, it's like the communities as well that make up the whole ecosystem and then what I've been doing lately, because I realized through a survey I did in the app, for the people who haven't moved abroad yet, I'm like, what's stopping you from moving abroad? Funding was a big thing in a job. So I started posting remote jobs and posting yes. um, um, uh, like a weekly roundup. And in that weekly roundup, it's remote jobs, it's funding opportunities. 
it's study abroad programs, it's research programs that will take you abroad. Like we just posted one for students. You can study abroad in either Singapore, Japan, Berlin, or LA, but LA is for people not from the US coming over. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, it's actually a program that I did, but at the time it was only LA when I did it. Um, and I'm just thinking to myself, like there are opportunities out there. We need to be present and we need to make sure we're getting yes. involved. I love that. I love that. It's like one stop. It's like yeah, it's yeah, like to, one stop, and and I love the like the 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 employment um postings and stuff um, like that because that is important. It is important crazy. because not just Panama but other countries protect professions. Yeah. So trying to figure out how you want to like for the younger people. Yeah. That aren't on, you know, retirement pensions and things like that. Trying to figure mm -hmm. out how you're going to make the money where you go is important. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's just a ton of information there. Yeah. And just wanting people to know we out here, like we are out here. Do not, yes. because it's about belonging and it's, it's not to create a community that's insular and doesn't interact with like, no, part of what we're doing is engaging with the local community and finding these local and black owned and brown owned businesses to support and to put on a bigger like a uh, platform, you know, so people who are visiting are traveling, even people who live there know like, hey, stop by this black owned bakery, exactly. you know, stop by this black owned restaurant. There's so many things happening out here, like in Portugal, for example, the Black in Portugal team and the mm -hmm. people of color Portugal team, they do a phenomenal job of like supporting the local businesses, you know, and they do a phenomenal job of like bringing people together, both locals and expats. And yes. I think that's something to think because it's not like when I was in London, I did kind of stay in the expat bubble outside of dating. Um yes. Here it's it's more integrated, which as it should be, right? If you're gonna to move to a country, like you really should integrate with the there's local a, economy. There's a person on the expat um uh app that is like building a house or remodeling a home in yeah, Belize. No, it's Costa Rica. I think it's Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. Oh, uh, yes. Ta is it Tanya Boys? I think is her name. Tanya? Exactly. And I mean, I yes. follow her. I just think it's so you know interesting and. You know, I oh, think that once we move abroad, some of the things yeah. that we do on a daily basis or the experiences that we have, I think we start to think of them as just common. And they're yeah. anything but. They're, <laughs> they're anything but. So you have a lot of people on like your um, app and in other um, environments yeah. who haven't yeah. made that transition yet, but they're yeah. watching us do our thing. And it's like yeah. the littlest stuff that you can share with them, like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it becomes second nature to us, but it's just like, wow, we happy to know that. And mm -hmm. I think that it really lends to us being able to make sure that everybody can be a part of this movement. There you have it. I told you. I told you. I told you. And you know I don't never lie to you.
Oh my goodness. We had so much fun on that conversation and you have no idea how long we actually talked before we actually started recording. Okay. Um, just an absolute um, connection with her. Um, she's a pioneer in what she's doing. I just love the gems that she dropped um, on us. I love her authenticity. I love the legacy that she's building. I love that she's walking in her purpose. I loved hearing about her Jamaican experience and how, you know, even though it was a different experience, it, it still ignited her love for things that were different and, and other and play in other options that different places have to offer. I just think that's a, that's an amazing um, story. And then also how she talks about her sense of peace in Portugal. And I think that that is just such a common thread in um, the things that we talk about when we're talking, you know, when expats are talking um, together and it's that, it's that peace, it's that peace that you didn't even know you were missing. And so I thank her so much for um, for sharing. Um, I thank her for dropping that that little info about dating in London. Maybe y'all ought to try London. <laughs> and um, next week we're going to get into uh, more of the expat app part of her story. And I think she was just starting to say that she had to bring on a partner, and that's just kind of how things happen you know, when you're growing and just to be able and be in the position to be able to do that is a blessing. So, you know, um, stay tuned. Um, join us again next Sunday at 2 p.m. Costa Rica time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or I'm sorry, it's 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't get me to lying. Um, time is um, falling back at this point. But we will resume our conversation with Shar. And in the meantime, you know, I always like to ask my guests, like, what was your favorite 70s or 80s song? And her 70s, her song that she likes is Drumroll, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. So that's what we're going to leave you with today. Um, this is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama. And I just want to give a shout out to um, BlackSidRadio.com for making this broadcast possible. I want to give a shout out to my main man, Daryl Spears, and Lead Conversation Podcast Media. And um, I thank him so much for, you know, just always putting my shows together for me and everything like that. Follow us everywhere on Black Expats in Panama. And uh, to keep up with the things that we're doing, the announcements that we're making, and um, also just to make sure that you uh, keep up with our, our tour dates. Uh, we're going to be going to Cologne for a gastronomy tour with um, Travel Trip de Jenny. And um, that's a sister out in Cologne, Panama, who does amazing tours. And we've worked with her on several occasions. And we're actually going to spend the whole day with her. So uh, we have very limited tickets available for that tour, but you can find it on Facebook. Or if you want to ask me about it, just go ahead and shoot me a message. So anyway, I'm going to get on out of here. Um, you know the deal. I love you. I love you. I love you. And there is just nothing you can do about it. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama. 
by way of Little Low Glassboro, New Jersey, right here. Blacksitradio.com. I'll see y'all next week. Peace and love. <laughs>